Hello, Minifans, and welcome back to Minifandom. The second episode this week, unlike the producers, hey. I'm not taking the time off. I'm not resting. I'm not sitting on my fat ass. I'm actually doing something. And by popular demand, someone that made an enormous impression um, figuratively and literally in his um, first appearance on Mike and the Minifans, I'm talking about the People's Republic of Coleman. His actual name is Pete. So, Pete, welcome hey. to the fandom. How are you? Thank you for having me. I'm doing well. I'm just happy to be here and provide a little bit of content uh, to the minifans uh, during this this dry spell we're having this week. So, Absolutely. you got the water going, I see. I brought the jug. I bring the jug every time. Important to stay hydrated. Absolutely. I'll use the joke again, but you need to let Montante know about your water supply because, as Kirk has famously said, he he drinks about eight bottles of water every KMS show. Oh, yeah. The jug is great because it's it's marked one gallon. It's how much you're supposed to – it's not even in the camera. That would be helpful. Uh, yeah. One gallon, you have to drink a gallon every day to stay properly hydrated, so it's already measured out for you. The jug is going that way, but it's yeah. already measured out for you. Yeah, you already Perfect. you know how much Healthy. you can drink in a day, right there. Yep, yep. absolutely. And then I, mean, I guess the thing is, Montante has had so much alcohol the night before; he probably needs two of those a day. That is probably a good point, and this is also what is helping me stay off alcohol. It's mm. kind of like a reminder of like, hey, you know, drink water instead. So it's been helpful, as you can tell. I I, I look like the pillar of health, so. I can clearly, tell, yeah. clearly, clearly the water is working. I, you, I look you're running. You're, you're running, yeah? Oh, God, yeah. Marathons. <laughs> no have, no halves <laughs> for this guy. I'm going full 26-2 all the time. Oh, excellent. Um, well, you know, we're, we're two minutes in and we've already got a great health tip for the Minna fans out there. And, God, if any fan group needs health tips, it's um, the Minna fans. So, um to drink your water. Um, so let's get into taking care of business. It's been a great couple of weeks for Minna Fandom. Jeff D. Lowe into the Drip Lord. A lot of, um, you know, great re positive reception out of those two episodes. Um, so, yeah, really loving Minna Fandom. You know, don't regret shelving Men as Live at all. And uh, a lot of great guests to come from Minna Fandom. I want to get on You Make Me Sick Guy. I want to get Johnny Warren on, that guy doing all the videos. I mean, there's so many. I could keep going, but Minna Fandom's going to keep coming. Uh, did you catch any of the Jeff D'Lo or Drip Lord episodes, Pete? I, I did not catch the uh, the Drip Lord yet, but I did catch the uh, the Jeff D'Lo. And I like I, I love it. I like what you're doing. And I think I would love to see uh, John and Warren on again. Um, I, mm. I watched last time with Mike and the Minna fans, uh, but th the videos and the content he's been putting out this week are just flooring me. So, like, I, I love to see that guy catapult up the ranks a little bit, just get more time. Absolutely. I wonder, like, how the conversation goes when he goes up to a co-worker and says, look, I'm just doing this video. I want you to do this. Or Because in the latest video, he walks in. So he's got three people involved, himself, someone playing a character and then someone holding the camera so he's going to a lot of effort um so he's a huge fan i thought he was good on mike and the minna fans so yeah yeah and I, yeah and and i watched that video you're talking about too like you're absolutely right that like the cojones to go into you where you work where you like you work every day and say mm -hmm. you got to film me i'm going to do something you're going to have no 
fucking clue what, what it is and it's going to be weird, but you know, just do it. And like, uh, props to him for that. Yeah. Anyway, so um, that's the taking care of business um, section of the podcast. I'm, I'm not sure what's going to happen over the next couple of weeks with Minna Fandom. Probably slow down a little bit with the content because um got quite a bit on and the show will be back next week. And we might get the best of from Coleman and Gus. So should be lots of content to come. Always lots happening on the network, so check it out. Kirk's on Quantum Kirk this week. That's air- airing, actually, as we record this, but very mm-hmm. much worth watching. And actually, a listener has submitted a best of. So I've got a, a best of to air on the network tonight after Minna Fandom. It's a huge night on the network. Nice. Uh, so, so, Pete, so, Pete, tell me. What was your, what was your, how did you go on Mike and the Minifans? Did you enjoy sort of, you know, coming out to the world, putting your, your face on camera and letting the Minifans devour you? Yes, I did. It was, it was, uh, I thought I was going to be like cool and calm and collected, but the first like five minutes I was actually nervous and it was, it was weird. Like I didn't think that was going to mm. happen, but it was, but like once like, you know, you got into the rhythm and the flow and talking to people, it, it you kind of eased into it and everybody was really cool. So, I mean, if I, if I ever go back, I'll be happy to, if I never do, I'm really excited, really happy that I got that experience and got to do it. it, was, it was We'd really love cool. to have you on again. We'd love to have oh, you right on. The panel again. It was a hey. great start. Um, a bit of a wild episode, but he did good. Appreciate it. So what's your backstory? Let's, Let's get to know another Minna fan. Where are you from, roughly, in the country? Like, what state? Uh, Be be as specific as you want to be. Kentucky-ana. It's uh, like the southern Indiana, Kentucky area. Mm -hmm. Wow. So, as you're in Bucky's. Yeah, so you're, um, I guess, uh, a fan from the south like McFuss Daddy. Yeah. We're kind of kind of Midwest, but yeah, the South. It's a, it's mm. kind of a gray area right there in Kentucky. Whether it's, I mean, it's culturally South, but it's geographically a little bit North. But yeah. it's a, it's a fun time. Yeah, yeah. Okay, and uh, how did you get into Kirk? I'm assuming it's through Barstool, not through listening to him on EEI. No, it was not through EEI. It was it was Barstool. It was COVID. Uh, I was running out of stuff to watch, and I kind of got really, you know, I was searching for something to kind of like provide me like Did you a say little COVID? universe. Did you say during COVID you ran out of stuff? Yeah, I ran out of stuff to watch. Yeah, right. Makes sense. So you yeah. broke up. Oh, my fault. Yeah, during COVID I ran out of stuff to watch. Found Kirk, got into the show, like really loved the the sense of community and the creative stuff they were doing. And I've been hooked ever since. Kind of been following, uh, you know, the Minna fans and everybody on Twitter and stuff, and then decided to get more involved in that uh, a little bit of while. Ago. So that's kind of how I came to be with the Kirk person. So started out just being a fan of the podcast, and now I'm a fan of the community and all the people too. Do you remember the sort of first episode you listened to? The first episode I listened to was the best. The best when they were reviewing the top 15 podcasts, the top 15 right. sports what? podcast, Esquire magazine put it out. And mm, so Steve right. went on and he played every, you know, all 15 in a row. And just the way they're just 
laughing at the shows and I wish NPR Mike would come back because that voice is fucking hilarious. NPR Mike. <laughs> Let's have a look when that top 15 podcast is. I'll see if I can find it. Um, Let's have a look here. Mm. Not coming it was, up. He's not coming. Yeah. It looks like somewhere in 2020, though. Early yeah, 2020, yeah, maybe? Or late yeah. 2019. I think it was right after. Because I went back and started listening. It was somewhere around the time Bly Mike got in trouble for getting drunk at the uh, the live show. Oh yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. So yeah, it was it was in that that area, and then he totally redeemed redeemed himself with NPR Mike because that's still to my day one of the <laughs> funniest characters. Uh, so were you a Barstool fan? Like are you a part of my uh, part of my take guy, a, a KFC guy? Uh, were you a Call of Daddy no. guy? I don't know. I didn't get into that. I got I got really into. Uh, part of my take and and then it started turned into actually the two they're kind of lesser known but it was called anus and yak i i really like like nick and katie and i like their kind of absurdist like extreme humor and stuff like that uh so it really got into those and i got into macrodosing and then i tried to listen to kfc and that it's just not for me boring um <laughs> and so then i checked out you know i said why not try this kirk minahan show and i popped it on and been hooked ever since but yeah i, I love all barstool stuff except kfc i don't get it it's just not me i guess and, and i guess what was it what's, what's it like for a new fan coming in i mean 2020 the still is the show is still quite young but already it had a very you know rich history you know coming across from his radio days into the podcast i mean you know what was it like coming in and all the references and you know, that, that first sort of few months, do you sort of listen to shows going, wonder who they're talking about? Well, you know, there's all the Twitter stuff. You know, did you jump on Twitter to try and keep up with that? Tell me, Pete. I, it's funny because at first, when I first started listening, I tried to keep up with all the references. And, of course, not being from the Northeast, like like all the, all the politicians, the local government officials, it was just mm. all just – and I, and I try to get on my phone and then Google it and then look it up. But by the time I got back, it was like I, I missed out on being in the flow of the story. So it kind of sucked. So eventually I just kind of embraced like the community and the energy of the community and just kind of went with it. Like, I don't know who this person is, but I trust that they'll take me there. They'll get me to the point where I understand who this is. And for the most part, they always have. So so it's been it's been really good, like just letting go and kind of not trying to get all the references, but trying to immerse yourself in the community. And do you have any friends that listen to the show or is it like all the other Minna fans? It's kind of a, a private obsession. Private obsession. Like, I, yeah, I'm pretty much alone on an island here. And I, they're, they're the Bob and Tom crowd. You don't know Bob and Tom, but Bob and Tom is like the most PG basic comedy radio. You let. It's like, it's like Howard Stern. If you if you turn Howard Stern down to like a two in terms of shock value and stuff <laughs> like that, but here in like you know conservative Indiana Kentucky they're you know they're like oh ho, ho, ho. he said but you know it's like it's a whole different ball game over here. So, excellent, excellent. All right, so that's a bit of your backstory. Well, we'll get into some more stuff about your thoughts on the show, but the hottest issue at the moment is this absolute botched best of. So, you know, we're coming to the end of the break. The show 
will be back early next week. And Gus and Coleman have totally dropped the ball on this best of. Now, um, so many so many things to talk about. But I guess, Pete, where are you with the blame? Because I actually think this one might fall on Coleman's shoulders. He's the lead producer. He's to he's supposed to make sure this is released on time. And if it's not, he's responsible. What do you think? Initially, I thought it was Gus just naturally because, you know, Occam's razor, that would be the most, you know, probable thing. But but the way it's turned out today with Gus coming on Twitter, you know, around four or five this afternoon where I am coming on Twitter and saying, like, I sent all the stuff to Coleman. I've been doing it. I've been at my computer the whole time. And then Coleman with the tweet, you know, earlier today that kind of threw Gus under the bus a little bit and then radio silence since then has kind of like had me flip a little bit more towards like, I, I think there's more toward this story. And I think it leans like you're saying more towards probably Coleman's to blame here. And ultimately him being the lead producer, it would fall, you know, the onus would fall on him. But, but the more, the more I hear the story, the more it kind of plays out to where I'm, I'm leaning towards probably Coleman's more to blame for it. Um, He's on vacation. He's a young guy. He's enjoying Universal Studios, and I can't blame him. But, but you know, we're that. That's his choice, and his choice has consequences, and that's just, you know that's fucking life. So, that's that's how I feel about it. So, mm. because it's it's the sort of thing that you should probably probably have it ready even before the, the the last week of shows. I mean, you know, you have it ready, and if something amazing happens in that last week, you can always add in a couple of little things at the end, but. You know, the, the year's done. Most of the highlights should have been cut up, you know, weeks ago. There shouldn't be something scrambling to do. And, you know, what's the point of doing it if you, you're releasing it just before the main show goes back? You know, they're talking about a 10-hour podcast. Well, no one's going to have time to listen to it before there's new content. So it, it's a huge um, swing and a miss. And, yeah, and, and then, like, Robinson actually gone. Oh no, I was just gonna say I was just gonna say like the one thing is like the one thing we know for sure we can like speculate the blame is, but the one thing we know for sure is Gus said he sent him to Coleman, Coleman said he hasn't had him. So one of those two people is not telling the truth. And and like whatever comes from this, like that's the big takeaway I have is right now we know that one of those producers is lying. Mm, one is lying, and what we can tell from this, Pete, is these two are starting to um, really get on each other's nerves. Mm -hmm. I think because I think it it is true. Coleman, it's easy for him to sort of blame Gus for everything, and uh, Gus can be the sort of bumbling idiot, and Coleman can sort of scoot by. But you know, in this precious time where the best of you know people are crying out for it, Coleman has lied. He hasn't got it out, and clearly, you know, Gus and Coleman, there's a lot of friction there. Oh yeah, and and like I, it, it is, it does suck about the best of too because like what you're saying is like, yeah, the majority of people are back to work, sitting in their cubicles, hoping for you know maybe not eight hours of podcast, but at least something to get them through. And like it's so so it might not be a, a huge deal in the grand scheme of everything. It's a big deal right now to a lot of people. Mm. I listened to um, a podcast called Stuff You Should Know, and they're from down south, and they were talking about Christmas traditions in America, and they were saying that there's certain parts of the country in America where no one really works from sort of Christmas Day, sort of 
Christmas Day to the New Year, that people take that week off in a lot of parts of America. But he also said there's huge parts of America, especially down south, where people, you know, end up just taking the public holiday. Well, we call them public holidays here, but, you know, you probably don't work Christmas Day, you probably don't work New Year's Day, but you might work normally the other day. So, you know, not having the best of, um, you know, there's probably a real hole there. And I'm just glad that the network has been there to provide for people. I think, um, you know, the network's always there for the Minna fans. When they needed somebody, you stepped up. The network stepped up. Mm. There's no yeah, doubt it's been about team that. effort. Mike and oh, the yeah. fans has got great views. Minna fandom's got great views. Tiny CEO, um, Quantum Kirk doing an episode with Kirk. So lo- lots of great content on the network. It's, but um, unfortunately, no best of. I almost think now Kirk should just say to them, no, nah, I don't want it. I don't want it. Yeah, raised. I think it. You've had your chance. It's too late. The network's doing a best of. You guys are going back to 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 work next week. What what's the point of doing a best of now? Yeah, we're heading into the weekend now. The the show's kicking back up next week. It's like I, I agree with you. It's just like we're it's moot point now. Just scrap it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And Ziggy Robinson, as much as you know, I find him aggravating, he did make a very, very good point. And I'd forgotten this that when for the first half of the year, Cullinane and Harrison were doing KMS best of videos every week. So all you had to do for the first six months was go through those best of videos and pick some good bits for your best of um, audio compilation. You didn't even have to go through the shows. That was all done for you. The producer search, I would say that would be quite an extensive best uh, best of section because you know, that's probably the highlight of the year. And you'd want, you could make that producer search a really compelling couple of hours of audio. You, you actually mm-hmm. you make a fantastic sort of podcast series on that producer search, like retelling the story in a narrative form over a few episodes. Actually, that's a great yeah, idea. They Someone should do that. Yeah. Yeah. Like cut it up into like, a, you know, just a small thing. Just for something to get through the next couple of days or something would have been cool. Yeah. Like say you could even yeah, spun it like it, a you PR. Can it, you can make a proper two true crime type series of the producer search with like a narrator and telling the story from you know, now that you've got all that content. <laughs> anyway, it, it's a wacky idea. Like making a producer. Um, mm, exactly. Like a, yeah, yeah. Making a bad producer. I, I think as well, maybe. I don't know, maybe there's a room for some someone to oversee Gus and Coleman. Like, you know, maybe Kirk needs to have like a third like executive producer. Say someone that is CEO of the network could then come across and be the executive producer of the producers. Like I could be in charge of Coleman and Gus. What do you think of that? Like I, I don't even need to be there. I don't even need to be in Boston to do this. I just need to get on conference calls with Gus and Coleman a couple of times a week and tell them what to do. Like I think maybe there's r- room for that position now. Obviously it'd be a paid position. Clearly, clearly. Yeah. I mean, you, you should be compensated for hard work and effort and all that. But, and like, you know, you would, like I said, this week, like when there was a content desert, nothing, nobody was stepping up. Mm. I mean, you stepped up and provided content and found that, that well, void. Coleman's and, only 23. Col- Coleman's yeah. only 23. Maybe he, he could do well with a mentor like me um, and, and almost, you know, his boss, his second boss. Like, because Kirk could then just concentrate on content and I could concentrate okay. on whipping these idiots into line. 
that was uh that was my last job is i was basically that so i i i'm whipping people into line yeah i had like a ceo and then i was like the you know the ceo but of the human resources basically so there is a you know there is there what there's an art to man management and clearly people like you and me you know have that skill set some people don't yeah i mean there emotional intelligence is a, is a real thing and like being able to read mm. people and knowing like who to push and who to pull back on and you know is a barstool reference i think dave is really good at that i think that's probably his best quality in terms of, mm. of being a, a ceo is he knows people and he knows whose buttons he can push and whose buttons he can't push and and i think that that's a very, very highly regarded skill, especially in the corporate world mm. and in the podcast world. Mm. Because I think when people think about me, they think emotionally intelligent. That's what I think people think. Um, yeah. Anyway, so Pete, tell me, I guess coming from the, well, the Midwest, but down South way, you'd, you would have been a fan of the Steve Robinson era. Yes, I, I was a fan of the Steve Robinson era, and I was especially a fan of how Steve came up with creative ideas for the show, especially uh, like I, I'm going to allude back to it, but especially like during COVID when like, you know, there wasn't any news, there wasn't anything happening in the world. There was mm. just COVID, and someone had to come up with something every day and like the stuff that Steve and, and Kirk did during COVID is still like just legendary, you know? So, so I, I have always been a big fan of Steve and I like how he is like a libertarian, but he's, he's an actual like libertarian. Like he, he he'll say when one person's at fault and he'll take the blame for something else too. Like m many people don't do that. He's very, he's very honest about where he lies and he, he sticks to that line. So I, I, I admire that in a person. Mm. Is he your favorite producer of all the producers to, to produce KMS? That is a stumper because there's some just intrinsic qualities that I yeah as a producer yeah Steve's my favorite as a as a person I just I can't get over some of the, like just Dave just fascinates me just just his quirkiness <laughs> just it like you never like picture you'd ever meet somebody who's actually like should be on the, the magnolia network you probably don't know what that is it's a southern thing but like one of those home and garden networks and you're like he's that person in real life and it's just he's amazing <laughs> I, I as a producer though steve yes okay so steve was the best producer did you find the well do you see where i'm coming from that Steve steve was a bit of a snake Where are you coming from with that? Because you just asked well, me how I like know, Steve, and now you said, "Well, do you do, so. yeah, I, mean, I know you. I don't remember saying you think he was a bit of a snake, though. I mean, he, he, that that's what made him a good producer was he would, um, you know, he wasn't afraid to get his hands dirty. Yeah, I, I'd say, I'd say, yeah, I wouldn't call, I wouldn't call him a snake. I'd say he he, he got in the mud. He liked playing in the mud. Mm. But Definitely. sometimes, I mean, he things did, done. You gotta, you gotta get in the mud. He did like to dox Minnow fans and try and get them fired from their jobs and stuff. I guess that was the only thing. 
that was, I guess, one of his problems. He was very sensitive. We all make mistakes. Yeah. You probably weren't listening to the show when he got suspended. Were you listening to the show when he got suspended for deleting audio or that probably came after? No, I did not listen to that. I'm, I started back in 2018, about three months ago. So I'm somewhere, 2019, somewhere yeah. in 2018. Yeah. 19. Okay. Or 2019. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Excellent. You'll get there. He was suspended for deleting audio. <laughs> okay. It's a great, great All part right. of the show. So you said you, so Cullinane fascinates you as a person. You got to admit, though, he took his foot off the throttle that last year of producing. I don't know what happened. Yes, I, I think he did, and I think, like, like I think when Kirk and Dave ended was like the perfect time because it was kind of just you could tell the the train was running steam and and just kind of chugging into the to the tracks there. So yeah, yeah, I I think it was good that they split up at the time they did, and I do think that he kind of. Relaxed at the very end, and especially. Mm. Were you were you shocked when he quit? No, yeah. um, I was shocked. No, I, I mean, like, like you were saying, like you could tell that it was kind of just, like the enthusiasm and, and everything wasn't there. So I, I was kind of shocked in the way that that it just kind of happened, just like on air, just at the very beginning, and I was like, okay, this is nowhere, but like. When you step back and kind of think about it, I wasn't too shocked that it that it eventually came to that that conclusion. Mm. I I wasn't shocked, I guess, when he did it, but I'm still struggling to comprehend how his effort level just fell off a cliff. Because people forget six to eight months before he left the show, Kirk was saying. I'll be stuck with Cullinane for life as my producer. I'll never fire him. He's perfect. He's and then he got so lazy that Kirk just snapped. Like obviously we know Plymouth was the moment, but it was a sort of mm-hmm. slow build up, and then finally that was the moment Kirk realized, okay, it's not working with this guy. I mean, it's to me, it's still stunning that that the guy has a dream job at Barstool, dream job, and. and Carlin just should have, if he'd done his job well, you know, I know this isn't, you know, you're not supposed to say this, but maybe in a year he says to Kirk, look, I'd love to move on and do some different things at Barstool and, you know, maybe work on some different shows and Kirk supports him. But he just fucked up his whole career. I mean, he literally, I mean, he fucked up his whole career. Yeah, and I mean, but it's. It, I mean, we're just, we're humans. We're stupid. You know, we, we do stuff like that. And like when our heart gives out of it, our heart's done. And like, you know, it's hard to get that back. It's hard to get that fire back. It's hard to get that passion back. And sometimes unexplicably, mm. it just, it just disappears. And you can't really put a mm. fathom on it, except that the universe is just a wildly chaotic thing. And it happens. Yeah, I guess there, there was a few things he alluded to when he left that, I mean, maybe he did get a bit more shit from his family about some of the personal stuff. And also, I don't think Cullinane enjoyed that a lot of his job is just, you know, putting together 10 stories and seeing which ones Kirk will nibble on every show. But then you're the producer. Just change that with Kirk. Say, you know, yeah. Kirk, I'm, you know, I'm not going to be the guy that just 
you know, gets 10 stories for you to reject half of them. Let's have a more collaborative process. Um, but, you know, instead yeah, I he mean, just sort of took his foot off the accelerator. Yeah. You see, it was Steve. Like, like he came up with, like, like what I said, my favorite part about him as a producer is he came up with creative and cool and fun, like, mm. ideas. And it seemed like for the vast majority of them, ball and he's like all right i'll see where this goes i'll go with this with you and you know good stuff happened and it seems like if dave was kind of missing maybe that creative itch that he wanted to scratch like it doesn't feel like anybody would stop him it feels like he could just step up and he could have done it so i agree mm. okay i'm just eating leftover bacon mm. love bacon is it good um yes good crispy bacon anyway oh crispy yeah crispy's the best Mm. So, actually, I found this new bacon that's nitrate free. When they smoke it, they use different stuff. It's anyway. Look, Ooh. so we talked about Steve. We talked about color name. Who would you have picked if Kirk had said, "Pete, human resources background. You can pick the producers from the producer search." Who would you have picked? In retrospect, it's it's hard because. It, it, I, I like if if I wanted to pick a producer that would just get the job done and I wouldn't have to worry about mm. as much. I almost I feel like it'd be Mick. like I, I just Who? listen to his podcast. Mick. Mick. Okay. Yep. Wow. Yeah. Like Mick. I. It, he he has the the window thing. We'll just I don't know what the hell. That aside, like if you listen to his podcast, it's it's very well produced. Very well done. You can mm. tell he knows what he's doing. You can tell he has the talent in there. He's very consistent. He tweets a lot. He, he has all the X's and O's. So if you needed somebody mm. to just step into that slot and 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 have things run seamlessly from there to there, I would pick the person who has the most mm. X's and O's. And I, I feel like that would have been Mick. I would probably like the Mick and a, another sidekick for kind of the entertainment value. Gus is great in that in that regard as in terms of like entertainment value and all that stuff. So it's almost like you almost just want to keep them, but you got to have somebody who knows all the X's and O's knows how to keep everything running tightly the whole time. So I maybe a Mick Gus combo, but probably, probably Mick would have been my choice retroactively. Mick's had a very good finish to the year, almost just by sitting on the sidelines and not actually fucking mm -hmm. up. He's had a very mm. strong finish to the year. He has also yeah. shown that Mick has, has also shown that he can take a punch. He can stick with it. Uh, he's he's not he's not sensitive. He's not thin skinned. He can also put yeah. a sentence together. Um, <laughs> That's always he, helpful. He, but, but yeah, him just sitting by and watching Coleman and Gus fuck up has been good, and he's almost. He's actually the one that's in the best position to come in and take either of those positions because mm -hmm. when you think about it, Montante has to move his whole life. John from Scranton has to move his whole life. Who else? Who? Uh, Will's gone. I mean, Will's ruled himself out by being a fuckstick. Um, so really mixed the one just sitting there waiting for one of these two to, to fuck up. I mean, do you think, you know, January 2nd, Gus comes in and says, you know what, Kirk, writing's on the wall. I'm, I'm going to leave. I've, I've had a great time, but 
I just can't do it. My mental health is suffering and I'm out. Do you think uh, Gus could do that? Mm-hmm. No, you're going to have to fire him. I don't, I, I just don't yeah. think he's the type of person that will be, you know, man okay. enough to say, I, I fucked up. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I think you're going to have to like physically sit him down and say, we are not joking. You are actually don't fired. You do have to get your shit and leave. Like, I think you actually mm-hmm. would have to do that. What if Coleman met some fella down in Florida and decides he wants a change of scene, wants to move down south? I wonder if, you know, if Coleman, if Coleman left, Mick could come in and take that one chair. You could have a Mick-Gus combo. You could. I, I, yeah, I, mm. I said I'm on board with the Mick-Gus combo. I, I think it would be fine. Yeah. And, you know, if, yeah. if Coleman finds happiness down south in Florida, although it's going to be tough with all those laws down there to find love like that in Florida, but still, it's, uh, <laughs> you know, I did Deanna, so it works for anybody, so... What was that in Indiana? I, huh? I said what, if I can do it. In, I said if I can do it in the Indiana area, then anybody can do it anywhere. You found love in Indiana? I have, yes. Nice. With Two a times. man or a woman. Man Both. or a woman. Both. Both. There you go. Both. Yeah. Ex- excellent. Why not yeah. both? Another Good. Well, we've got a bisexual minifan on the network. Um, well, that we know of. There's plenty others uh, to tell you. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. But it's um, well, but maybe you maybe you should talk to Coleman. You and Coleman need to really come together, literally or figuratively, and hey, work out whatever's clever, just... you know. <laughs> but you should talk to him. He might need some counselling from an uh, an older, wiser man. I'll be happy to to lend in here if he ever needs it. Yeah. Speaking of older, wiser men, what? So uh, tell me about Kirk Minahan. I mean, this is what we're all here. Sometimes I forget about him on this show, but you know, he's the man that lords above us. I, I, you know, I've I've been a huge fan of his for ten years now. Ten years I've been listening to Kirk, and you know, hardcore fan for probably the last seven or eight years. I mean. I think he's, as I said, the greatest broadcaster in American history. I mean, what what do you like about him? What do you not like about him? Give it to me. Give me your your essay on Kirk. What I do like about Kirk is that he can take any story, anything, and find some angle to make it interesting. And he can always find a way to keep you captivated, always keep you listening, always keep you wanting to come back for more. And it can be the most mundane thing too, but he can find a way to put that on a pedestal, make it important and, and make it so it's something that you just want to consume nonstop. Like that's, that's what I liked about Kirk. And I love that he uses the community. I love that. Like there's even this network, like, like this is, this is awesome. You know, you guys may have your scuffles and stuff like that, but the fact that this network, exists the fact that the twitter fans are so rabid and and, you know are so crazy is because he does that he invests in the community he created that and and i think he knows that goes a lot further than than you know anything else like like when he says an ad everybody knows that he can do you know call and repeat all that stuff like like he builds that he invests in that community i think that's that's really cool and 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 admirable about that so that's that's my quick essay on on Kirk. 
Mm, I mean, I mean, let's deep dive into it a bit. I mean, you sure. write about him making any story interesting. Yeah, what I mean, his intelligence comes across in every show. He knows so much except about for the puzzles. <laughs> the puzzles. I oh, don't bring that up, poor guy. Um, <laughs> no, no one's perfect. Uh, the puzzle pieces, indeed, the surviving bastards, a rough look. But you know, he's so intelligent. He's a reader, so he's he's got a huge general knowledge, fantastic memory, and you know, his his speed of being able to keep up with what's going on in the show. Um, you know, it's quite awesome to listen to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, it, it is, and it's 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 just it's it's amazing actually to listen to, and it's amazing to watch, and it's. It, the able to, the way he's able to think on his feet and and react and and mm. kind of bend everything to his will in a way just off the top of his head is is it's amazing to watch the processing speed of that mm. and and what you were saying before about the community i mean you know what show what major show i mean now the kms show is basically you know kirk and blind mike a couple of days a week and then mm-hmm. just a rotating mix of fans that go in for mm-hmm. free and just want to talk to Kirk. I mean, you know, he's, he's got – Kirk has probably got – I mean, he's, he's probably got hundreds of people that will go in, but he's now probably got 20 or 30 really good Minna fans who love going in who we can just call up and get them in to do a show with him. I mean, what other podcast has that relationship with the fans and the community? It, it's – you're right, it is it's, – it's amazing to be a part of. And also it's – you know, it becomes then all encompassing. And I know it's, I know, you know, this is the world is tried to create, but you know, when you've got a two way conversation, when you've got a 3d kind of interaction and, you know, so many shows are just one way, the show talking to the mm-hmm. audience, this is um, not just a two way conversation, but multi-dimensional with the network and the other shows. Um, you know, he sort of had that ability when he was on the radio, but he's taken it to the next level on this show. Oh yeah, so many brand accounts, and this is like true for Barstool too, are just almost billboards. You know, they're just like, check out tonight's show. This is happening tomorrow. Mm. Check out this clip, and they ne- there's never any inter- any like interaction or any two way street like you're saying two way communication. And like Kirk is always in the in the mud. You know, as I say, mm. in the mix with people, he's always it does, and it, and you don't have to be a well known member community if you if you if you show that you care and you show that like you actually want to like you know what you're talking about he'll retweet it he'll respond to it like he, he he'll give everybody a shot and that and that's cool as hell especially in this world mm, definitely i mean anything else you want to say about kirk have you ever met him have no. you ever been to any live shows i have not i am gonna go to the live one when it goes to the amish farm in northern indiana so yeah. I am going to make the drive up there. It's northern Indiana. That's actually where I live. It's like four hours. But still, I'm going to make the drive and get up there. Mm. So, Yeah. Would you like to make Kirk? Yeah. I'd like to say hi and thank you and stuff. But, you know, if I don't, it'll just be cool to be at the experience, you know, or at the show and experience all that. So I just take things for how they come, man. It's like. Yeah, you're don't a cool like to dude, have buddy. Thank you, man. Yeah, I don't like yeah. to have expectations. They only lead to just disappointment. Very smart. That's see, emotionally intelligent. Um, have you had any other burners on Twitter? So you've got 
People's Republic of Coleman. I mean, are there any other accounts there that you've been managing? No, right. no, but this one has been a few accounts before. Okay. Like, uh, this is this, this is going to be the account going forward forever. But like, what I was a golf tweets? tracker. Uh, yeah, I may just have to like in memoriam next to it, and then just keep going. Okay. It'll just yeah, it'll just be a memorial to the to the mm, fallen okay. state. So like it yep um so what about um any minifans? fans any yeah any minifans fans you'd like to meet any minifans fans you like on the network you know who, who are the the people you think of? Dizzle. Every, who's everybody's who's been cooking? sorry who's cooking the last part? who's cooking oh john john and warren i think just sticks out the most to me just not only the content he's produced but like me first getting into the community and stuff, he's been the most like talking to me. He's been the most supportive. So, so he, I would definitely put him. I like uh, Don the Jeweler, like what he's doing. I like David and Marilyn, what he's doing, just retweeting. I, mm. I like his stuff. Uh, Warren of the North puts out he's heat best. all the time. I mean, just the stuff he puts out is just big brain stuff. I love it. So, mm. those are a few, but everybody's been cool. Yeah. Ted Sarandis. He had two things. He had best host on the network, BA. Do you agree? Yeah. Most, yeah, okay. level-headed, just kind of chill. Yeah. What about me? Anyway, whatever. Um, You're great, too. Uh, I'm happy to um, – I think BA's done an amazing job. He's been a yeah. fantastic host for – you know, the, the team of BA and the Axe have done such a good job with Mike and the Minna fans. It's become – appointment viewing again i mean you know it's taken a while but it's just gone from strength to strength and you know i've always said when i got the network going that it's about consistency and it's about sustainability you know try and set up a system that has longevity because now people are you know tuned into mike and the minna fans and the views are going up it always gets mentioned on the main show it's it's amazing yeah no it's great like this week, I think, is only going to catapult it further. Like, like I said, like mm. there was a void, and, and you guys in the network stepped up. So, I think, yeah, to the moon. Yeah, indeed. Ted Sarandis had a terrible. He he gave Quantum Kirk the best show on the network, which is ridiculous. Quantum Kirk's a very good show, but actually, we put Mike and the Minna fans as the best show on the network um, ahead of <laughs> Quantum Kirk. Quantum Kirk's views have fallen off a cliff recently. Hopefully, Kirk can save that show. Um, it's great sure for me happened. to kind of go back. Yeah. Oh, yeah, it's a great to go show. back. To, yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, Dave and Danny are very difficult, but it's a great show. Mm -hmm. All right. Now, we've got some listener questions here. Um, but is there anything you want to talk about about the show? Anything you want to get off your chest? Any issues bubbling away? Or are you happy to get into the questions? I'm happy to get into the questions. Zero issues. Okay, good. All right. So, first question I state the obvious. Who should I bet on to win the Big Bash League? Well, listeners, viewers, the Big Bash League is a local cricket tournament. I do go to a lot of games and cover a lot of games. And I would say it's, a, you know, I hate giving gambling advice. I'm a terrible gambler. But I, I would say a safe bet is the Perth Scorchers. They are perennial winners. So I'd be looking at them. And then maybe um, Brisbane Heat is my second pick. Uh, Pete, have you been looking at the form guide for the Big Bash? Uh, I like 
tonight, I like the Renegades over the Strikers. I like the Renegades getting their first win tonight. Um, I've one of my co-hosts part- for the one of my one of my co-hosts for my cricket podcast plays for the Strikers, so I kind of want them to win a game. I think they're going to win tonight, or it would be this morning for me. You think the Renegades? You think the Renegades are going to win tonight? Tonight over the Strikers, I, I can feel it. Okay. I don't know well, why, I want the Strikers but I just have to win. Okay. okay. But, All right. All right. Well, great. Anyway, I do got a we'll sleeper. Oh, okay. okay. Go on. Yeah, go on. No, no, give it to me. No, no, give just me. Fuck him. International cricket sleeper. I follow him this whole year. I bet on the most Afghanistan. If you're a cricket betting person, they're still valued way, way low. They get really good odds against teams, and they hang with pretty much anybody. They have offensive firepower. Anytime you have an offensive firepower, especially in like T20 or ODI format, one day formats. Uh, there's always a chance. I think there's good odds with Afghanistan. So that's my big okay, sleeper cricket pick. Okay, I like it. I use Betfair, and I like to bet on the swings in a match because I know oh, God, yes. pretty well. I try and try and look at the mm-hmm. swings and get value that way. Anyway, that's our cricket betting segment. It will not be repeated on the show. But love all the questions. Thank you. I state the obvious. Reach out to me privately. And, and Pete, happy to talk cricket anytime. All right, Patrick Ford, the Drip Lord. From the last episode, how many liters of water do you drink in a day? Do you know? Well, what's a gallon? I don't know how many liters that is. I believe it's three point seven eight. If I'm just guessing, on there you go, Pat. Well, he does know. He does know. Trip Lord, BA. What are your plans for 2024? Now, I'm not sure if this is to me or you, but Pete, what are your plans for 2024? Um, living life. I'm Go try to look for a new job in the cybersecurity field. Uh, okay. So I, I recently got back, went back and got a degree in cybersecurity threat detection. So if anybody is hiring there, you can always reach out to me. Um, but that's that's like my big 2024 is venturing into a new field. How about you? Well, um, well thanks, Pete. Um, uh, more of the same for me. I, I mean, I'd love to get over to a live show in the States. I don't think it'll be um, – a March live show, but maybe one later in the year. So I'd love to to get back over to to meet the Minner fans, and uh, just want to keep working hard on the network to deliver great content for the Minner fans out there. But no big plans, ba. Just more of the same. I were Minner fan. How much? How much do you do you Pete despise Mini Manners? And I were Minner fan that inbred hick. Can't even spell mini. It's M I double N Y. That's how he spelt it here. I mean, you know, having having parents that are siblings, it's never good. But anyway, how much do you despise me? I read all questions out. I do not despise you. I've found good all end. of our com- conversations to be amicable. So, so far, so. that's good. Thank, you. thank you, thank you, Pete. All right, this is from Minifan Pep. Why was so much emphasis being put on a video-heavy best of for the YouTube when there is probably no way YouTube would even allow a seven- to eight-hour video upload? Well, I have to agree with Pep here, Pete. I don't know why they even thought about a video version. They should have concentrated on an audio version rather than going through all that video footage. Maybe you can make the audio version then you put it as like a an audiogram or a tile with no vision and then it doesn't take up much um, gigabytes but why 
no one's going to watch a seven or eight hour video. I mean, Pep's right. Yeah, but they're young and people like video and they think that all media should be video with like TikTok and Instagram and everything else. So naturally the young mm. people decided to go with the young medium and focus on video. So it's just human nature. But don't you think, I mean, I agree, just sort of stepping back a bit and, you know, we're both emotionally intelligent leaders of, leaders of people. Do you think Definitely. Coleman, you know, he's a younger guy, 23. Do you think he has that element sometimes where he just switches off? Do you think he just went, he went into holiday mode this week. He sort of walked out of that Watertown studio and just left his work there. I mean, I once said to a, a an employee, we had a big chat about a show on a Friday and then he, he came into work on the Monday and I said to him, you know, if he had a thought about what I said about the show and he said, oh, when I leave work, I don't think about it. You know, he hadn't thought about it all weekend. And I, and I wonder if, and he was the same age as Coleman. And, you know, I don't know, for me, I mean, I find it hard to leave things behind. I mean, if someone were to sit down with me and talk about a show and what we could do with it, on the weekend I wouldn't be, I'd be thinking about it. And, you know, I think Coleman's maybe done what, you know, just switched off, just gone, okay, I'm, I'm signing out for a week. Come what may, fuck it, I'm on holiday. Let's go. And, and, and now he's, you know, Kirk's put out those tweets. He's probably panicking, but it's too late. Yeah, I mean, some people are born with that fire and that drive and that desire, like he's saying. Some people aren't. And um, my only defense of Coleman in that situation is he is thrust into, like, he came out of college, got an intern job at Barstool doing just this and that, go, mm -hmm. you know, gopher stuff. And then went from that to lead producer of a hugely popular podcast. So my only defense would be like, I don't know if he knows what work ethic and like what grinding and what doing above and beyond and being proactive instead of reactive and all the stuff we teach employees. I don't know if he has that, if he's ever experienced that. So I will definitely say that this week is the first time that he's going to learn that or, you know, experience because, because Kirk, whatever he does is going to be super pissed when he comes back. And I think with Coleman, you should, we should just give him a chance to see if he, if he gets up and fights back, you know, I mm -hmm. think this is the first time he's ever been knocked down and you don't know what a person's going to do when they're knocked down the first time. So if he gets up, mm -hmm. he fights back there's a chance if he doesn't, then he just doesn't have it in him. And that's, that's life. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Life is about how you deal with the punches. No, you would stay from Gloucester guy because he'd be loving this. I do like him. Yeah. Like he blocked me when I first signed up or first turned into the PRC character, but I don't know why, but he since unblocked me. And, uh, and uh, I, I like, him putting himself out there like that. I just, I, mm. I love it. I, I eat it up. So what's, what's the joke by the way, with the people's Republic of Coleman, what's the joke? The joke is, what's the uh, Am I missing something? I, see, it was going to be a character. It was going to be like, cause when I was listening to an episode, they were talking about how Coleman was like the boss and being a dictator to Gus and all this stuff. 
so I thought the bit was going to be funny if I set it up like the Democratic People's Republic of Korea and I just oh, yeah. posted propaganda of Coleman 24-7. And uh, having ADHD, I just I, I didn't want to commit to the bit. So now I'm just I'm just this now. He's so. left with his character. Okay, good. I yeah. like it. Next question. We've got a few questions from Michael Maserati to end. Is it a sign of disrespect to Kirk that Gus won't resign as producer? I don't think it's disrespectful. I mean, he's just incapable. I mean, he's unemployable. Yeah, he doesn't have it in him. Yeah. And don't you need to get fired to get benefits as well? Like, if you quit, I'm sure you're not eligible Mm -hmm. to as many benefits. Yeah, you do have to get fired to get unemployment. You can't get it from quitting. Well, at least where I live, Mm. so. Yeah. Michael Maserati. Will one of the producers lose their jobs over the best of disaster? I'm going to say no. I don't think one of them will lose their job. I think yeah. because they're both fucked it up, I think, I think this will, as we said, this will be the first time Coleman's in the hot seat. But I think, I think they'll both just survive. Yes, I think this will be a, uh, one of my favorite shows from when I first started, the kind of like the Blind Mike Reckoning episode. I think it's gonna be it's gonna be pretty real. I think it's gonna be pretty intense in the beginning, but I don't think anybody's walking away fired that day. Mm, agree. Um, last question: How much longer will Kirk allow these two producers to kick his dick in? Hmm. Well, I guess the, I mean interesting question. Do you think by Portland, which is in March, Gus and Coleman will still be there? Or will Mick be there for one of them? I'd have to flip a. I I I I don't know, man. Because it's like I just don't know how Ooh. each of them are actually going to respond. This is the first big, critical, actually hugely serious situation they've been in, and like I don't know how. I've never seen them respond before. It, I mean, I'm a gambling man, so I would say probably Ooh. I, I lean towards yes, but but I but it's really kind of a soft lean. Okay, I like it. All right, that's all the listener questions. Now we'll wrap it up with, well, it's normally Red's parents segment, but I think I'm going to dedicate the pop culture segment to the to Jeff Delo, the num the third place Minifan of the year. I was number one, BA was number two, Jeff Delo third place. And he loves his movies and his pop culture. So I guess RP, what have you been watching? You know, when you flick on the TV, what do you watch? Watching a lot of, uh, I just watched that new movie, Rebel Moon. It was okay. So did I. What did you think? Yeah, it was okay. It was a typical Zack Snyder. It could have been an hour shorter than it was. Uh, but it, it was all right. I, I thought it, I thought it was decent. I had, um, hmm? I had fun with it. I had fun with it. Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a lot better than some of the other, like, kind of sci-fi series that have been coming out lately. So. So I've been watching that and getting into that. Um, I watched The Peacemaker on Max. It's uh, John Cena. It's like a DC uh, show. It's hilarious. One of the more funny superhero yeah. shows I think I've ever watched. It's 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 pretty good. Like, I do recommend that one. It, okay, so it's so bad it's funny or it's just funny? No, it's just funny. But it okay. knows it's bad. And it like it leans into it, and they do it the right way. If that makes sense, like it, it's good, mm. it's good, it's well done, and it's uh yeah. Uh, what's his, the guy who does 
Guardians of the Galaxy and all those. Uh, oh, James um, Gunn. Gunn, James Gunn, James yeah. Gunn, James Gunn. He does the Peacemaker too, so it's really good. Okay. All right. Well, I've got two new shows for you viewers. Um, for the and they're both on Apple TV. So if you don't have Apple TV, bad luck. Hijack, and it's exactly what it it says. It's about a hijack. It's with Idris Elba. Six episodes. I've just flown through the first four. And if you love a good 80s, 90s action film, this has all those qualities. So Hijack, definitely go and find it. And then another one, um, an, an, a comedy called Platonic with Seth Rogen and Rose Byrne. Now, Rose Byrne's an Australian act, actor, and we actually went to the same acting school at the same time when we were growing up, when we were very young. And clearly both of us got, have gone on to forge, you know, successful careers in showbiz in the US, mine on the KMS network and hers in Hollywood. I mean, you know, not a big disparity between those two stages. But, yeah, I would say platonic, very funny, nice light comedy. Hijack, definitely watch that one. And that's my two um, recommendations for the Jeff Delo third-placed Minifan of the Year segment. And, and also watch the KMS network. Great stuff on there. Mina Fandoms, Quantum Kirk, Tiny CEO, Mike and the Mina Fans. Actually, Steve from Gloucester, the Consistency Podcast. I mean, you know, we, if, if you've got a few days now until the main show comes back, you know, now's the time to try some network shows you might not have um, tried before. Well, Pete, thanks for joining me on Mina Fan. It's been great to talk to you. Love getting to know thanks another Mina Fan. Thanks for having me. Yeah, thank you for having me. Any, we'll any do. final words to the Minute fans? Nope. Uh, enjoy uh, the weekend or whenever this comes out, and uh, I'll see you guys later. Great stuff, Minute fans. Well, great to meet Jeff. We'll be 